Welcome into this fireside chat. I'm Tony Mulby, senior analyst here at FreightWaves, joined by a special guest, Raquel Urtasun from Wabi, CEO and founder over there. Raquel, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic. Awesome. I'm very excited to be here today. Yeah, happy to have you. We'll really kind of give a background about you. I know people, they see your name, they know you've been in the autonomous vehicle space for for a long time, kind of talk about how you kind of got into tech and then what drew you to AI and self-driving. Yeah, sure. Um, so I actually uh, got exposed to AI as an undergrad uh, doing a little research project. And since then, it's been, you know, it was very clear that I wanted to dedicate my life to it. That was, you know, more than 20 years ago. So, so that was, you know, love at uh, first sight, I would say, with respect to AI. And in terms of self-driving, you know, it started as an application of, uh, you know, AI for me uh, more than 10 years ago. And then, you know, uh, it was something that, you know, it was extremely, you know, I got really, really excited because it had all the characteristics of what I was looking for, something that will be, you know, very challenging, which was important for me as a researcher, um, something that will also transform the world as we uh, as we know it today. And, um, yeah, and it's been, you know, more than a decade, a dedicated fully to self-driving and, you know, I will not stop until, uh, you know, it's deployed at the scale everywhere. Absolutely. I think, I mean, when you look back over the say, you like you said, it's been almost 20 years. What do you, what do you, how have you seen this, the self-driving evolve? Like what progress have you seen made uh, since the, the DARPA challenge, which was, I mean, 18 years ago now? So what, what? Where have we grown as an industry uh, in terms uh, over that time? Yeah, so we've seen, uh, I would say, meaningful progress in terms of, you know, where it was then and where it is today. Um, However, when you look at, you know, commercialization of this technology, right, we see, you know, almost nothing, right, where, you know, very simple, uh, you know, uh, operation domains as well as, you know, very, very small uh, fleets. Um, so there is still a long way to go uh, until the promise of self-driving is, is here with us. Um, so, yeah, progress, but definitely uh, far from, you know, the promised land that, uh, you know, we all would like to see. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing is you hear about it often in the news. I mean, we're having the summit this week. Uh, or today about it. And I mean, you see, you just don't see it in application, broadly speaking, right? You see it, I mean, you'll see the occasional pilot here or there in very uh, targeted places. But like, why Why do you think that's been the case that we haven't seen more broad commercialization that really brought to the forefront yet? Yeah, so so to me, it's really, I think that the, the main problem right now lies on the uh, technology employed. And in particular, I think there is like two main roadblocks to it. Um, the first one is on the autonomy, uh, which is basically the brain of the driving vehicle, uh, which, uh, you know, typically what you will see in the industry is a very hand engineer approach. Uh, what typically say that is built by humans for humans instead of for computers, which is basically, you know, who has to actually ultimately drive. Um, so these approaches are very brittle. They are overfitted to only work on very, you know, specific circumstances, and you know they they're gonna have a you know hard time really generalizing to, uh, you know, all the possible scenarios that might arise in the world. So that's one big uh, roadblock, I will say. And the second one is uh, relates to, you know, how the industry goes around doing testing of this technology, 
right? The you know, current approaches rely on driving millions of miles in the real world, you know, to understand what is the next, you know, issue um, that need to fix, right? And this is something that, you know, it's not scalable, it's extremely expensive, and it's not the safest approach. Um, so these two, uh, I would say, uh, you know, te- technological roadblocks is what is preventing the industry from going to the next level. I think you make a great point. I think when you talk about where human building humans building things for humans, it, it kind of get, dilutes some of that. I think when you talk about this AI first approach, maybe break down like what that actually means. What bringing that AI to the forefront and and the use cases of that uh, in the long run. Yeah, I think it's it's worth to put you know in context into how AI is used today uh, in the industry uh, to kind of contrast into, you know, what they think AI, the role of AI should be. Um, so right now, if you look at, you know, the software stacks, you will see that they use AI, but AI is used as a small component within a very complicated system, right? Trying to solve very small sub-problems, right? And then somehow you combine these sub-problems to find the final solution, right? In a way that is very hand engineer, right? Um, so... From that perspective, right, you don't really unleash the full power of AI to try to solve this task. Instead, you are just constraining to solve these, you know, little sub-problems. So I believe that we need to go from that very robotic-centric approach to a modern AI-centric approach, right, where, you know, we need to build a single AI system uh, that has a holistic view of what a full cell, you know, what the cell driving vehicle needs to do and, you know, tackles the entire problem at once while at the same time providing interpretable solutions so that you can actually understand why the system is actually you know, deciding to do certain things, uh, you know, given the data that, that it receives. Um, so, you know, in the, and in the AI-first approaches that we've seen previously, they are black boxes, they lack interpretability, so they are also not a solution, right? Um, so there is, you know, a need for new technology, new AI uh, in order to really solve driving. It's not just, you can just apply something that exists and you will solve it. And I think, you know, this acknowledgement of we need the next level of innovation, I think is something that maybe has, uh, you know, hasn't been so at the forefront of, uh, of self-driving, right? Thinking that, oh, what we have is sufficient, but it's not, right? We see that, you know, that commercialization is not there. Um, so to me, uh, you know, this is what the industry needs is really to step up into you know, with modern techniques, with new developments, getting to that next level. Yeah, so it seems like almost instead of using AI as a band-aid, in, in some cases, it's using it to basically treat the whole problem at the beginning. Exactly, exactly. You have a great analogy there. Perfect. So I think this is a perfect chance. I mean, you've talked about it. You're bringing that to the forefront. I mean, we could talk about Wabi. I know with Wabi World, maybe just a quick one minute, what is it and what that kind of breakdown of, I know simulation is a big key at Wabi and you see it at other places, but maybe talk about some differentiators between uh, the two. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, one of my favorite topics, I guess, simulation and Wabi World. Um, yeah, so so I mentioned before, right, that there's like two main problems in terms of where the industry is. The second being the way that testing is done, right, where they rely to drive millions of miles in the real world to understand what potential problems are. And the reason that they need to do that is because simulation systems are primitive, 
right? So everybody uses simulation, right? But the question is, what is that simulator? So nothing that can really replace the real world. So the way that we went around, you know, building, uh, you know, Wabi's roadmap was to address this problem right away by building, a, you know, a virtual world that really reflects uh, what the real world is, that has the same scale, the same diversity, the same level of fidelity, so that when we develop, test our system for the brain of the self-driving vehicle, it looks the same, the simulator, as the, you know, as the real world. And then suddenly you can develop, you can test, you can validate, verify your system all in simulation, right? mostly on simulation, which is you know, a game changer in terms of you know, what the industry is today. Now, in order to do this, you need next generation simulation systems, right? Uh, where you need a simulator that is, um, uh, you know, that is closed loop, that is able to look at, um, uh, understand your the effects of, you know, uh, every action has a reaction, right? And it's able to test uh, the entire software stack. So you need to simulate its sensors uh, all in near real time uh, with super high fidelity. And there is nothing like this. And that's what we went into reinventing simulation with our simulator, Bobby World, which is basically another AI system. Uh, so now you have you know, two AI systems interplaying, right? The uh, brain of the self-driving vehicle and the simulator itself. And there is a lot of really exciting things that you can do uh, given, given this new concept. Absolutely. And I know Wabi's, why you're here, I mean, the first application really is going to be in trucking. I mean, what what led your decision to kind of go in, focus on trucking? Was it the fact that, I mean, commercial vehicle, I mean, it's one of those areas that maybe, I don't say easiest, but maybe that application makes sense with, uh, I mean, the miles driven, say, on an interstate, as opposed to in a city environment where things are constantly changing. Yeah, yeah. So this was a very uh, conscious decision uh, in the sense that, you know, Julian, you know, um, I spent many years at uh, Uber ATE as chief scientist and then I got, uh, you know, exposed to both self-driving trucks as well as self-driving vehicles. Um, and, you know, it's very it's very clear to me that the first application of self-driving at scale is going to happen in, uh, in trucks, in trucking, in logistics. Um, and the reason why is twofold. There is, you know, one side, the business side, where there is, you know, a chronic shortage of drivers, and you know this is getting worse and worse. But there is no other solution but to actually get automation, right? Um, and you know there is pervasive, uh, you know, safety issues, etc. So this is, you know, a technology that is a must in order to solve the logistic crisis that we are today and uh, that we are all suffering. I think at this point, you know, there is no more about convincing people that it is a crisis. It's like everybody is suffering from it and with the pandemic, you know, it's been uh, worse and worse. And then from a technology perspective, um, self-driving in, you know, in the case of logistics is mostly highway driving, uh, which is, you know, difficult, but is uh, simpler than driving in cities, right? Think about, for example, if you want to build robotaxis, Yes, the task of pick up and drop up passengers is extremely hard because if you look at uh, humans, mostly they do this illegally. And this is not something that self-driving you know, vehicles you know, will be allowed to do, right? So there is even an infrastructure question into how do you even do this, right? Versus for tracking, have to have, for example, you know, is a uh, much more clearly defined product and uh, you know, something that, in my opinion, you can solve much faster. And... You know, as I said before, I don't want to stop until self-driving is everywhere, right? This is, you know, what I'm going to dedicate my life to. And, you know, we want to commercialize this technology rapidly, but which is very important for us. 
Absolutely. I mean, you've talked about safety and I guess why I understand the importance of, I mean, obviously you see accidents everywhere with human drivers. I mean, why, and I know the answer why, I mean, safety is obviously very important, but like, why has that been the core focus in, in that simulation and using that as opposed to, like you said, driving those millions of miles on the road in testing, uh, just try to talk about how safety plays into that. Yeah, yeah. So, so safety is definitely something that you know is you know ingrained on everything that we do at Wabi, right? And and it's really showcased also in the technology that we are building, right? This is not just a marketing safety; it's very important. Our priority is actually something that I really mean that you can see in the way that we are approaching the problem, right? So, as you alluded, uh, right, the the fact that we don't need to drive all those you know millions of miles uh, makes you know our development much safer. Right. Um, also, the fact that we have this simulator where we can expose the, uh, you know, the self-driving system to near accidents, safety critical situations, and even accidents uh, enable us to actually, you know, drive that safety bar, you know, even higher, right? Than uh, with with other approaches, other techniques that we see there in the industry. Um, so yeah, everything is you know revolved at I would say around safety. And the simulator, you know, is one core instantiation of, you know, building that from day one instead of going on the road first and then trying to build something afterwards, which is, you know, the traditional approach that uh, has been taken in the industry. And also from our, you know, the autonomy system that we are, uh, we are also, um, I would say, um, developing um, is, uh, you know, an autonomy system that can generalize really well um, to situations it hasn't seen before. Uh, that has uh, doesn't have you know uh, these heuristics and things that you will see in traditional stacks, which in my opinion make oftentimes uh, you know very difficult for them to be uh, you know behave properly in safety critical cases. Awesome, that's great stuff, Raquel. Thank you so much for joining me. We're coming up on time, but I've got well, I'm gonna put you on the hot seat real quick. Say over the next five to ten years, what are what are say the biggest hurdles? for this commercialization? And what do you think we see overall uh, from the autonomous space over those next five to 10 years? Yeah, yeah, great, uh, great question. And thank you for putting me on the, on the uh, hottest spot, I guess. Um, I think, you know, first of all, the solution doesn't exist, right? So we need to build it and we need to show that actually we need to be able to make the safety case uh, for what we are building, right? And, and you know, I believe that while we have the core uh, components to actually do that, so that's very exciting, right? Um, at the same time, you know, we need to make sure that what we are building is also what our customers would like to have. So it's very, very important that you don't wait until you solve it to actually think that if you solve technology, you know, everything will follow. You need to make sure that, uh, you know, everybody's on board, that you are sh- showcasing your technology, um, such that, you know, the world is ready to adopt it. Um, and I think the, you know, one thing I will say that is very important for us is to really deal with transparency and accountability, which is something that has been lacking in this industry, I would say. Um, and I think that's the way that, you know, we should change the industry and really move it forward so that everybody understands what is difficult, what is not difficult, what the systems can do versus not. And, you know, where we are and sort of like one of the next steps of, uh, you know, deploying this technology. But, uh, you know, in that time frame, I really look forward to see, you know, Wabi's trucks everywhere. So. Absolutely. Well, Raquel, thank you so much for joining me. Where can people go learn more about you and Wabi? 
Yeah, so so visit uh, you know our webpage at wabi.ai. There is plenty of opportunities. Uh, we are hiring myself and is a very very exciting place uh, in terms of you know really next generation technology as well as an incredible culture uh, family style. So if you are excited about service self driving and really pushing the needle of technology, come and join us. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and stay tuned for more great content from our autonomous and electric vehicle summit.